raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Monday, January 29th. It is five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So a firestorm ignited on Friday. This happened Friday afternoon after we got off the air, Rob. So we didn't have an opportunity to talk about it, but we must address it. Oh. This is the federal jury that ordered Donald Trump to pay E. Jean Carroll more than $83 million in damages after he denied those allegations that he did her dirty back in the 90s. Okay, so there's two sides to this. And number one is, uh, I can't believe she won the case to begin with. That's very interesting. And I think it really calls into the competency of Trump's lawyers. And that's one side of this, because I have read multiple um, legal minds kind of trying to be neutral or at least they come off as neutral in their observations on this and it sounds like uh his attorneys did not do the best job on his uh (laughs) behalf and there are several things they did that were very questioned by legal scholars and this is a track record with trump where he puts people in either based on you know their physical appearance or their celebrity star power or i mean think about how many times this bit him in the backside in his administration as president and so he gets his verdict against him the other part of it would be you really, 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 really shouldn't talk about legal proceedings. And he got in trouble for running his mouth mm-hmm. about her because this is separate than the original thing. What, this is was part it, two. This is like from the CNN town hall where he <laughs> called that uh, reporter the nasty woman and he was talking about it there. Yeah, I mean, he's, he puts himself in a position of vulnerability because it's in New York. They want to they, you know, get him anyway. He's not going to get a jury of his peers. He's not going to get a fair-minded jury. All of that being said, this woman's never going to get a penny of this money. He is never going to give her a single solitary dime. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean... Does she does she seem like Donald Trump's type to you? Well, I mean, this is I mean, I can't this is why I can't believe she won to begin with. And it really calls into the question the people representing Donald Trump, because it's like the allegations are just so outlandish. And all these years later, how do you even prove it? And yet she somehow won. And it's like Trump loses a lot in court. Have you ever noticed that he loses a lot in court? And so I wonder who who are these people representing you? Going back to what Joe Manchin said earlier that um, he could be the president if something happens to Donald Trump. But the jury decided that Trump has to pay 18.3 million in compensatory damages, 65 million in punitive damages that they announced on Friday. And they decided last year that he wasn't liable uh, for all of it, but he was liable for sexual abuse and defamation. And it's the defamation that is the real sticking point on this but you're right he's gonna file for appeal and how much of this money she'll ever see i'm 83 million dollars that seems like an extraordinary amount of money yeah and uh, but again it's like it's frustrating because these things become needless distractions for what he's trying to accomplish which is win the presidency to get the country back on track. And this is what we talk about with Trump, where it's like, 
I get that people like us look at this and go, this is ridiculous and let's go on our merry way. But you wonder, does the populace as a whole, does that middle ground of people that decide every presidential election, how are they viewing this? Because ultimately, Casey, Mm -hmm. you and I have already made up our minds on what we're doing. We are wed to, I would like to be able to afford food and gas and not have three million illegal immigrants coming across the southern border and even if it were Al Capone running against him, I would probably vote for Al Capone over Joe Biden because they're basically both mafia members anyway, uh, the Biden crime syndicate over there. So, I mean, there's nothing you're going to sway me on to not vote for Trump, but how do the people who vote on their feels or what they read on social media or, you know, how are they viewing it? I don't know because I'm not one of them. Okay, so Tim Scott, who was running for president and has turned around and endorsed Donald Trump, was asked that very question. He was on ABC's This Week and he was asked, you know, hey, um, do you think this is going to affect Donald Trump and his votes? And how do you support a guy when this jury comes in and says, oh, $83 million in damages? And this is Tim Scott's answer. Myself and all the voters that support Donald Trump supports a return to normalcy as it relates to what affects their kitchen table. The average person in our country, Martha, isn't, they're not talking about lawsuits. As a matter of fact, what I have seen, however, is that the perception that the legal system is being weaponized against Donald Trump is actually increasing his poll numbers. I, I, I understand that, but this was... They were jury trials. They were jury trials. They started uh, when Donald Trump was president. You, that, does, that gives you no pause whatsoever. I don't have a, the Democrats don't pause when they think about Hunter Biden and the challenges that, that he brings to his father. The one thing I think the electorate is thinking about most often is how in the world will the next president impact my quality of life? How will America regain its standing in this world? They were better off under Trump and they're looking for four more years of low inflation, low crime, low unemployment and high enthusiasm for our country. We have haven't had that in the last four years. And okay. that's, that's exactly what you said. Well, yeah. And so let's give a fair and balanced approach of this, shall we? And I think this is why our show is very popular, because we dislike everyone equally. Is Trump a sleazeball? Probably. I mean, if you look at Trump's track record of things he's done and people he's had screwed over and it's, I mean, yeah. But newsflash, the overwhelming majority of people who have ascended to the office of the presidency mm-hmm. were complete sleazeballs. Okay. <laughs> Like, you do not rise to the level of the presidency of the United States without cutting a few corners, making a few deals. And by few, I mean many. Uh, this is just ridiculous. that they're, And look at the guy that's in there. Look at the guy that's in there. At least with Trump, it's just, ah, you know, he might have done this and he might have done that. And, he, you know, Biden sold the office. There appears to be irrefutable evidence that it was office for sale when Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. So we're talking which one is worse? The lesser of two evils is that it? And you're right, you don't get to that position without having some really great political instincts. Ned Flanders is never going to be president of the United States, Casey. For those who don't know, <laughs> Ned Flanders is the neighbor on the Simpsons who is it's God first and God above all else, and he is as pure as the wind-driven snow. That man is never going to be president. And you are going to have some really horrible people in all likelihood ascend to the presidency. And it's going to happen regardless of what party it is. And you've got to look at the, the policies of the person. 
I have accepted that now at 40 years old, that what I am interested in is how is this person going to govern and how will it affect my family and myself? So either way, Trump or Biden, you are you are not getting your minister as the president of the United States. So you must pick one of these mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Choose wisely. So the number one concern among voters right now is, of course, the southern border. And Donald Trump is slamming the border deal as a catastrophe waiting to happen. And on Saturday morning, he said that the southern border was the worst in the history of the world. And he also alluded that the U.S. might suffer from another terrorist attack because of it. And this is what he needs to stay on. He needs to act like the court stuff isn't even happening. Again, I don't know how the the people, the undecideds are going to vote. The people Tim Scott is talking about, yes, I agree with him how they will view it. I just simply don't know because I couldn't imagine to begin with anybody looked at Joe Biden was like, yeah, he should really run the country. Boy, he'll be great at it. But there were many people who, who did think that. There were many people who so loathed Donald Trump and his social media existence and whatever that they made that choice. Now, the question will be, do they want to be able to afford food or do they want to feel good about social media? Because if you vote for Biden and you get four more years of Biden, this country is going to be unrecognizable. I mean, it's unrecognizable from where it was four years ago right now. Think about where we were four years ago, Casey. This was pre-COVID right now. We are still in the pre-COVID phase mm-hmm. of 2020. And think about how the world that existed then versus the world that exists now. Now, think about if you extrapolate that four more years from now with Joe Biden and the Democrats in charge. You aren't even going to have a country anymore. If we double that, ooh, we're, we're in. I, it, it'll be a bad I state. am 100% in the camp that I do not trust Donald Trump. I do not think Donald Trump handled much of his presidency well. However, I have to have some faith that he will learn from the mistakes that he made because right now I have two choices. I have Trump and I have Biden. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., also also a non-starter. I lump him in with Biden because he wants to put me in jail because of my views on the environment. And so what choice do I have, Casey, but to hope that Trump (laughs) learned from 2020 and can get his act together? I have none. That's my only hope. Well, you are completely discounting Nikki Haley. What's up with that? Because she's not dropping out anytime soon. Casey, you have never said anything more true than I'm completely (laughs) discounting Nikki Haley. That is absolutely (laughs) correct. So Donald Trump said the border has become a weapon of mass destruction and that the U.S. went from having the best border in history to the worst in just three years. And here he is talking about what he would do moments after his inauguration. We have no choice within moments of my inauguration. We will begin the largest domestic deportation operation in America. We have no choice because this is not sustainable. It's no wonder Joe Biden and his thugs are so desperate to stop us. They know that we are the only ones who can stop them. They know that. Uh, The thing that scares me about that talk is not the fact that he would do it or that that's what should be done. It's that the the riots or the attitude to it happening and what judges are going to tell him he can and can't do if he becomes president. All right. What are we doing when we come back? When we come back. Oh, let me look. Oh, 
we were going to try and get to this on Friday. Oh, boy. There's a uh, new movie trailer out. Oh, no. I want to know if you're interested. And also, we have to talk about what happened on I-69 over the weekend with the camels and the zebras. <laughs> That's coming up from 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Nineteen minutes after ten with Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. So Dalton is back, back with his fighting ways, and this time he's causing havoc in a new location. Oh, I'm talking about the movie Roadhouse. Oh, now you remember no. the original, don't you? Oh yeah, the nineteen eighty-nine Patrick Swayze movie. Sure. So that was thirty-five years ago. Mm-hmm. Patrick Swayze, who was the star, mm-hmm. no longer with us. Correct. And so now they're making another. Yes. Uh, and that they, seems about right. They have released the trailer for uh-huh. it. Uh, this one stars a very buff and built uh-huh. Jake Gyllenhaal oh. in the leading role. Before we start, do you have insurance? What? Your coverage good? Like, you have dental? Oh, haha. Is there a hospital nearby? Is it, like, too far? Uh, about, like, 25 minutes, I'd say. Uh, I just slapped you. Are you all right? What? So you like to fight. You ever win? No one ever wins a fight. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So so Hammer and Nigel and I were having our little group thread over the weekend, and this was on one of the football games. Mm-hmm. And this looks like the worst movie ever. Doesn't it? But wasn't the first one one of the worst movies ever? Yeah, but there was, that was 80s, and that was Patrick Swayze, and mm-hmm. everybody wanted to just see him take his shirt off and yeah. throw someone up in the air mm-hmm. and with, with his glistled abs, smile real pretty at somebody. Mm-hmm. I it's mean, the cooler. Uh, this is, I mean, it is amazing <laughs> to me, the lack of originality in Hollywood. I mean, they've just given up. It's just a remake of this and a remake of that. And it's not like, I get that there are sequels. Hey, there was Home Alone 1. We're going to cash in real quick and do Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. This is 35 years later, Casey. Yeah. And a lot of the dialogue seems to be exactly That's my the point. same. There's no originality left in Hollywood. And it is, I mean, I've been to a movie theater one time in the past 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, nine years. I've been to the movie theater one time in nine years. I went to see that Elvis movie. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, with the price that it costs to go and the concessions. Yeah. And I mean, I get if it's like, hey, it was Oppenheimer. And yeah. you know, hey, it's the movie of the year. I, I mean, I guess I get that. That's actually the last movie I saw in the theater. But uh, Roadhouse. I, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, it's like, remember when if you watch a watch a commercial for a, a food product, like a Big Mac or whatever. If they can't make the thing look good in the advertisement, think about how it tastes in person. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with a movie. You got 30 seconds. 
If you can't find 30 seconds worth of clips that make the movie in, in a positive light, how bad must this movie actually be? It makes me wonder why Jake Gyllenhaal would sign up for Money! This. Well, I mean, sure, but... Why am I here? Isn't, Money! Isn't he a more revered actor why than that? Why is Kevin here? Money! <laughs> They're saying that it's an adrenaline-fueled re-imaging of a cult classic. There is what one line... What are they going to say, Casey? It totally sucks. No one it, should go see it. This is awful. Don't waste your time. We're, we're playing on the Nostalgia, you gullible Gen Xers. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so that UFC fighter is also going to be in it, Conor McGregor. Oh, this is his first course. time oh. ever starring in a movie. Probably going to be just like Brando in The Godfather, that level of cinematic mm-hmm. masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, supposed to be the bad guy. Now, there is one big difference in this new Roadhouse movie oh. compared to the original. This one will take place in the Florida Keys. Oh. And, of course, uh, once there, Jake Gyllenhaal, Dalton character uh-huh. is going to discover that paradise is not all it seems. If you told me, if you said, Rob, here is $25 and we will let you in the movie for free, mm-hmm. I would not go see that movie. <laughs> you still wouldn't go see it. There's one line from the original movie that I absolutely love, and that's when uh, there's a fight brewing and uh, uh, Patrick Swayze, who's the cooler, points uh-huh. out that there's a razor sticking out of the one guy's boot uh-huh. and he says, left boot. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I've seen the movie. Yeah. And it was horrible. (laughs) And you're right. So it's one thing to remake a great movie Mm -hmm. or a movie that people liked. Usually those suck when they do the remakes of good movies. I I can't even fathom how bad a remake of a bad movie would would be. Okay, so this is going to stream globally on Prime Video starting on Thursday, March 21st. Okay? So it's not even even in the theater. Correct. Correct. At all? (laughs) Right. You don't even have to leave your house, Rob. You just have to sign up for Prime Video. Again, putting the emphasis on where streaming is going. Well, I've got that. Mm -hmm. But here again, let me... Okay, well, there you go. March 21st. You have plans. Nope. Let me me reiterate. Actually, we do have plans on the 21st. Uh If you're aware, we've made plans together. Uh, We do. We're going to be supporting our good friend Micah Beckwith. We already have plans, so tragically. (laughs) And then I'll just have to make plans every single day. Okay, so let me rephrase what I said before. Casey, Mm -hmm. because I have the Amazon Prime. Well, my wife has it, and I just press the button, and it comes on. I have no idea how it works. Um, But if you told me, Rob, here's $25. You may sit in the confines of your own comfortable house and watch this movie. I would not do it for $25. Still not going to do it? I don't know. I think that it sounds like it might be a nice way to wind down after, uh, you know, being out and supporting Micah Beckwith. Go home, plop down on the couch. You've got Jake Gyllenhaal and all of his muscles. Why would I want to see Jake Gyllenhaal? (laughs) What what possible world would there be? like you oh, wouldn't. You, no, I, Casey, I can assure you, no man in the history of ever, and Kevin will back me up on this, has ever been in their car on the way home. Let me, let me, let me rephrase this. No straight man in the history of ever mm-hmm. has been on their way home from anything and said, boy, I can't wait to get home and see Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, let's talk about what happened on Saturday, and that's when zebras and camels made an unexpected sighting on I-69. Seems about right. So the Grant County Sheriff's Office, they posted a message asking drivers to avoid the road near mile marker 264 <laughs> uh, because a truck that was carrying some circus animals caught on fire oh and all of the animals had to be rescued can you imagine you're driving down 69 and all of a sudden a bunch of camels and zebras so it was just, the circus yeah i didn't even know there still was a circus there's still a circus there's still a circus in peru 
furry friends. Uh, they all, yes. all, all the animals were okay. Yes. No animals were hurt. Peru Circus. Yes, there is still the Peru Amateur Circus. Uh, it, yes. Okay. Very good. Uh, that makes me happy. It wasn't, that was not the people that apparently had the issue, but there's still a regular circus in Peru, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the police were having a little fun with it as they were, uh, smiling in the, pr- I mean, you can see, yeah, sure. A horse, sure. A cow, pigs, any of that. But then, uh, all of a sudden, uh, a group of zebras and camels, a little unexpected, right? Casey, this year we have to go to the Peru amateur circus. <laughs> This is something we have to do as a team building exercise. Only if we get to shoot you out of a cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, one other thing I wanted to bring to your attention, and that is the world's largest cruise ship. 20 decks, seven pools, and it's the size of four city blocks. This is Royal Caribbean's Icon of the Seas. This thing is 1,200 feet long. Ever been on a ship? Oh, yeah. Really? You done a cruise? Yeah, just did in November. Went to the Bahamas. That's right. And, uh, you know. How was it? Well, was that? It it was crowded. Wait, does that count as a cruise? How long were you on the boat for? It was like a four-day thing. Oh, okay. So you were actually on the boat the whole time. It wasn't like you went on a boat to a location. You were on the boat the entire time. Yeah, it was one of those things that I'm not a huge fan of cruising, but my brother asked me if we wanted Uh to go. And, yeah, we'll go, and we we could get some sunshine. But we went down to the Bahamas, and I don't know if you remember seeing that, um, that boat that overturned and all those people ended up in the water mm-hmm. because they were they were going on an excursion. Yeah, it seems, seems uh, right. I was on that very thing just a week before it overturned. This is uh, now cruising mm-hmm. seems safer than flying to me because while while you're technically in the water, I, in in my mind, and somebody who is a who is a naval expert will probably refute this in some shape, form, or fashion. But if you're in the water and the ship starts to go down. Mm-hmm. There, you're on a radar somewhere. Yeah. Someone could fly out there. That boat is very big. Mm-hmm. I don't think we hit icebergs like in the Titanic anymore. Right. So there would be more time for someone to come save me, and my feet would be on, gr- not ground, but on boat the mm-hmm. entire time. You hope. And I would have a better time versus if I were on an airplane and the mm-hmm. check engine light came on or that door flew off. Like if a door flew off a boat, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that worked, but I just, I, I think you're, the propensity to be saved is higher on a boat rather than on an airplane. So Icon of the Seas has 20 decks, six water slides, seven swimming pools, a skating rink, a theater, 40 restaurants. It can carry up to 7,600 passengers at a time. Has over 2,300 crew members. That is a big boat. You know what it'll never have, Casey? <laughs> you. Me. Yeah. But you know who we do have? Yeah, we Hey, got... how about those sycamores, Kurt Darling? Oh, the news my... is next. Little it's, trees. It's 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. Good morning. It is 1033 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So we have a grab bag of phone calls today. 
the number 317-684-8444. So we discussed last week the price of rent and how high it is and how, um, <laughs> I don't know, how bad the dude did at guessing what rent prices were. This- <laughs> That's right. So, you're, so your daughter is pondering, she's getting ready to graduate, she's pondering mm-hmm. a job in, a, in another state. And mm-hmm. so you were looking up, you know, yeah. living accommodations there. Yeah. And your husband thought she could obtain... Now this is with a roommate, but she thought he thought she could obtain reasonable housing in a major metropolitan city for seven hundred dollars. Seven hundred dollars, yeah. And then I did a internet search and found out he was about a thousand dollars off. So. You know, you know what that reminded me of. So there's a good, you've adjusted that. There's the movie Rookie of the Year mm-hmm. was a famous movie in the early '90s where this kid breaks his arm and ha- ends up with a super arm and becomes a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs and they go to the championship game and the guy who owns the Cubs is the guy who played Roy Wally in the vacation movie and and he's it's been so long since he sat amongst the stands that he he orders he orders four hot dogs and he hits the guy a dollar bill and the guy goes what is this a joke you're 11 bucks short right exactly <laughs> you gotta you gotta hand over just a little bit more money but somebody wanted to call and uh share their experience with rent and an idea uh hey listening to your show on friday regarding rent prices for young adults these days i thought i'd call in i live in the wonderful state of oregon and uh most of my friends' kids after college have moved back home unless they got a few roommates and shared a place, or they moved to a cheaper state. So I graduated from college about 30 years ago. At the risk of sounding spoiled, instead of a college graduation gift, my parents prepaid my rent for six months. They did this under the condition that I would put the money I would normally pay for rent into a savings account so that at the end of the six months, I could start paying my own rent but have a nest egg to use for emergencies only. I think back to this often, it was the best gift. If you can afford to do something like that, it's money well spent. Mm-hmm. Have a great day, and God bless. Well, there's a reason that I show up to work every day. <laughs> How many people actually trust their kid, though, to follow through on that? Like, mm-hmm. clearly, this woman was very responsible and mm-hmm. uh, appreciated the act but it's like, like how many kids would follow through on that and not blow through it? Right, you know, just on beer and pizza? Beer and, yes, I was just going to say beer and other less essential items that in the moment seem like strong strong purchases. Yeah, uh, or Starbucks runs or something like yeah. that. Well, I would hope that those days have been worked out in college, right? Isn't that part of the learning experience that you have to learn how to budget well, your money and here, you're adulting now and welcome to the real world? Well, and this is, you know, not to do some deep-seated delve into childhood trauma or whatever but you know there are a lot of people I was one of them who was told at a very young age I started working at 15 and my dad said look you can stay here but you're gonna pay for your own Mm -hmm. stuff and you're gonna you know you got to get ready for the real world and I'm I think we all know I'm pretty good with money now Mm -hmm. Casey because from the time I was very young I learned the power of of money and so it's really like I think all all I don't even know what the rule is anymore. The Republicans have probably screwed it up to the. What is the rule to work? Does anybody know? Can you work at 15 if you want to? Or is that some sort of hate crime now or child abuse? Or, don't you have to get some notes? I don't know. But whatever it is, from the day the the Lord and Lordesses down the street from us say you can work as a youth, you should be required to do that. Because, and I don't care whether you play sports or you're a great student or whatever, but life is about juggling things. Life is about a balancing mm-hmm. act. And I think all kids should be 
I'm not saying working 40 hours a week, but working some sort of part-time job because that's a skill you, you've got to learn. Hey, you can be the valedictorian. You can graduate in the top 10 in your college class. But if you can't person, when you get out in the real world, if you can't manage your time, if you can't prioritize, right. you're in big trouble. Time management. And also it helps you build skills that even as you mentioned, you may be the valedictorian or the captain of the football team. You still are going to have to answer to somebody. Yeah. Unless you are opening your own business you're going to have a boss. And look at what a great adult I turned out to be, Casey. <laughs> Boy, howdy. And that uh, segues beautifully into our next phone call. Somebody is having a love-hate relationship with you, Rob. Hey, Rob. I just want to say I really hate you. <laughs> I was okay being a casual Bruce Springsteen fan. And you constantly going on and on and on about him. I put the satellite radio on E Street Radio, and then I listened to a live concert. And my life has been dramatically altered after that. I mean, it was the most amazing performance I've ever heard in my life. So I hate you, (laughs) but... Thank you very much. (laughs) And I love the show. You guys are awesome. See, Kev, would you like to (laughs) chime in on this? Because you kind of share, you know, a similar experience. Yeah, uh, you turned me on to Bruce. I was never really a fan of Bruce at all before I met you. And then, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a huge fan of E Street Band, and yeah, I respect it. Uh, I had a friend years ago who used to describe him as like the narrator of your life. Mm-hmm. It's like the voice from above. And uh, this guy, very smart, was willing to step outside his comfort zone. And look at how his life has changed for the better, <laughs> Casey. Did you hear? <laughs> you're yelling at me like I'm disagreeing with you. But did you hear the part where he said he hates you? Yeah. He needs to buy two T-shirts, yeah, He right? does. He needs to hate Rob Kendall and love Rob Kendall t-shirts. Store.hammerandnigel.com. That that call, that was the sort of call that just makes my day. Mm -hmm. Because now I got a a kinship with that. Yeah, that's what's beautiful about music is like people can put their egos aside and just share the love of music mm-hmm. together. Kev, remember when you got super boozed up at night with WIBC <laughs> and I was driving you home and we were just, you know, just talking about life, rolling down the road. And I remember bits and pieces. <laughs> <laughs> so Kev and I, because Kev, I drove Kev's van and uh, boy, that's a nice van you got there, Kev. Thank you. Um, uh, we were, and this is what we did on the drive home. We were weaving in out of, you know, I'd make a music choice and mm-hmm. we'd talk about it. Kev would make a music choice. We'd talk about it. I mean, it, that's that's what music brings bros together. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Did you really talk about it? Like, yes. Yeah, it sounds it was, like it, it was, was an analysis. It sounds like it was an oh, assignment. Was it enjoyable? It was, it was enjoyable. That's okay. what I love oh, doing. Oh, my goodness, Casey. The things we talked about, we talked about music. We talked about <laughs> women. We talked mm-hmm. about you. Oh, great. I don't want to know if I, uh, I don't want to hear that conversation. No, okay. I remember that part. Yeah. Oh, sure you do. We'll talk about it later. Uh, you mentioned Hammer and Nigel, the Hammer and Nigel store, and somebody, we're not going to mention her name. I think you might recognize who it is, but she actually wanted to call and uh, give a bit of advice to Hammer. Hey, guys. I'd like to remain anonymous. <laughs> I've had this on my mind for some time. Hasn't anyone ever told Hammer that it's not good for your overall health 
to do the yo-yo dieting like he does. Just wondering. Thanks. Bye. So she's referring to how Hammer, and he Mm -hmm. has done this throughout much of the time I've known him, will go from total fatty to physically, somewhat physically fit, and then back to total fatty, and then he loses the weight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, look, Gert, we love you, but if we're going to start listing things Hammer has done over the years that is bad for his health, the (laughs) yo-yo diet's going to come in about 32 on the list. He's doing pretty good, though. I think he's making an effort not to do yo-yo dieting this time and to take it off incrementally, and he's eating much healthier, too. Yeah, this is the the best in terms of just gradual... Mm deduction that I've seen hammer yeah. this is about the fourth time I think since I've worked with him here that he's done this here's the crazy thing about hammer and I don't know if you've ever seen the photos when I first met hammer mm-hmm. he was super skinny yeah and I mean not like he wasn't like Mick Jagger like he didn't have a 28 <laughs> waist but he was very physically fit and uh you know I mean I, I think uh I, we should all applaud hammer for trying to get his act together mm-hmm. finally right okay one last phone call and this uh person is calling to correct you on oh. something that you're saying uh improperly oh of course. I, I don't recall you using this word but apparently you so, have you mean somebody's accusing me of something i might not have done yeah hi i'm rob kendall have we met <laughs> well uh apparently it's rubbing this guy this guy the wrong way hey rob a uh, local grammar Nazi calling in to fix your English. It's spelled B-E-H-E-M-O-T-H, not B-O-H-E-M-O-T-H. It's not a bohemoth. It's a behemoth, or a behemoth, I suppose, if you wanted to mispronounce it again. Just, you know, so you know. Later. Were you tweeting something out and misspelling? No, I don't even know if I've ever used the word. Behemoth? Yeah, I don't know. Either way, I would really like to meet this guy. I mean, in a public place with several people there with me. Mm -hmm. um, And just find out what what is going on in your world where that one that bothers you, but it bothers you to the extent I'm going to call the radio station. Mm -hmm. And you work with me, so it's not like a word I use a lot. And I mean, we've got a president of the United States who's skibidibidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibabidibab
choir. They sang the national anthem oh. before the uh, Chiefs-Ravens game. Did you see it? No. You weren't amazed sound, by it? Sound, sound down until the game started. Okay, we have to listen to this because it was it, it was amazing. Press announcer, Greg Davis. singing our national anthem written here in Baltimore. Please welcome members of the Morgan State University Choir. Mm-hmm. They're in Baltimore. No kidding. Yeah. That's where the game was played. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't mean to in any way question your judgment. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you were on some hallucinogenics it's or what. It's a world renowned choir. That Many like, people saying how amazing it was. It sounded like a group of people singing. I mean this is It was. I mean this is the national anthem. Yeah, but I mean what like what about this? It, it was just, a very stirring rendition. Really? Yeah, you had to watch it. Yeah, see, honestly. That's, you missed it. You missed no, out. No, I didn't miss it at all. Clearly, look at how fine my life is, and I didn't see this <laughs> at was, all. Uh, it was pretty good, but I think Bruce and the E Street Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Hammer joins us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. It is 11 minutes in front of 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And Hammer joins us in the studio. Did you have a good football weekend? I did. I did. The biggest bet that I made, the best bet, and I talked about this on the uh, video that I put out every uh, Friday with my degenerate pals, was the amount of catches that Travis Kelsey would have. Mm -hmm. And usually when you're gambling, you're white-knuckling it to the fourth quarter. We almost cashed that in the first half yeah. because number 87 was a big target. So mm-hmm. it's nice to win one and blow out fashion once in a while. Yeah, I mean, that opening drive, you got three ski, and then I think the next one you got two. And so, I mean, it was basically, I mean, you knew after the two drives you got five catches. Uh, yeah, so I, I joined you in a good weekend, three for three on the NFL games on Sunday. I had your Kelsey bet. I did uh, bet the Chiefs getting the four and a half because I was going to be either make money or be happy that way. Either they, they <laughs> right. uh, and then the, had the Lions, same thing. And the Lions came through big time because not only did they lose, they covered. So I don't have to deal with Eminem for two weeks and I won money. So I thought I had just about. Now, I would have gladly lost the bet to not have to deal with Taylor Swift for two weeks. But other than that, just about a perfect in, in terms of uh, payouts is perfect. So when you look at the matchup that we have in front of us for the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? You've got San Francisco and Kansas City. This is proof that real life is not like the movies. Because in the movies, the good guy always rides off into the sunset. You know, he saves the day. He's got the pretty girl. In reality, you get a Super Bowl where you have to pick between seeing 
joy on the face of Gavin Newsom, Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> or yeah. the mascot of Pfizer, the horrible family members of Patrick Mahomes, and the pop singer. Yeah. Uh, here, and so here's what we're doing. I'm already laying it down. I, I know the spread's like one and a half right now. I don't care where it goes. It's gone down from two and a half when it opened. In just 24 hours, it's down to one. Yeah. I figured people were going to fall in irrational love with with Mahomes and that story. But it doesn't matter what it ends up being because here I think the 49ers are the better team. But you, you how do you bet against Mahomes at this point? Better quarterbacks getting points. I, what have you, we always said? If all things are equal and the better quarterback is getting points, that's where you want to hit your wagon. And, and again, I am in, and I do this with the, the Bears games, and I, I do this here. I'm in a no-lose situation with the Chiefs being in this game because I'm either going to make money or mm-hmm. be happy. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to go with the Chiefs no matter what that spread ends up uh being or whatever because uh man i'm gonna be miserable if they win the super bowl and i don't make a few dollars off of it now hammer mentioned nancy pelosi seeing her happy face of the 49ers win i'm wondering will she be rooting for the 49ers because she was at baltimore cheering on the ravens and got booed because her old man was the mayor of baltimore well and she grew up there so i'm wondering what if she's gonna flip-flop teams do i talk about totally stabbing your constituency in the back well, rooting against her hope to her team right? represents in Congress. I hate all these people. <laughs> I hate all of them. And again, this is why real life is not like the movies. If this is the movies, mm-hmm. the Lions come back and win that game last night, or they hang on. Mm-hmm. But the real life is, is that their coach was like, Kevin Costner and Tin Cup. <laughs> ball. Ball. Instead of just asking for a ball, he kept going forward and fourth down. Okay, so you sent me a text, and I'm loathe to give you any credit for anything, but I, I saw that, and I said, that's the most brilliant thing I've heard all day. When that game, so it was 17-point lead, and within five minutes, it's a tie ball game. And you had said, the way Lions fans are feeling right now is the exact way that Cubs fans felt during the Bartman game. Yes. It doesn't matter what happens next. It doesn't. It's like game game seven of the nineteen eighty six World Series with the Mets and Red Sox. The Buckner game was only game six. There was still another game to be won. Same thing with the Cubs in, in two thousand three with the Bartman game. It doesn't matter. You knew it was over. It, was it done. Did, it didn't matter. And it, and they. That's one of the great collapses in sports history. It is, and it didn't have to be no. that way. No. Like that was a coach who. Let's be honest. He seems like a good coach. People love him. He's a fiery dude. He looks like a football coach, Dan Campbell. But you can tell you've never been that far in the playoffs before because points are important. He missed. He did not kick those two field goals, which cost him six. And that was insane to run the ball on on third down there. You knew. You knew you had to score twice anyway, and you were going to need those timeouts because nobody recovers onside kicks anymore. That was crazy to do that. Yeah, and I thought we were going to have Eminem v. Taylor Swift for two weeks. Because I said last (laughs) night on social media, Mm -hmm. had it been Lions against Chiefs and Eminem didn't put out some sort of just absolutely disgusting, horrible diss track against Taylor, then he's a wussy or something that rhymes with it. And I never want to hear from him again. But the situation resolved itself. Now he doesn't have to. The people in San Francisco were so excited the Niners won last night, they were pooping in the streets, Casey. (laughs) They do that all the time. <laughs> just, just state the obvious. Tony Romo's horrible. I hate watching games that Tony Romo announces. And somebody pointed this out last week, and they're totally right. Every 
Tony Romo observation starts with, ooh, ee, ah, I don't know, Jim. Like, they all, it's always the exact same with that guy. I hate watching Tony Romo call football games. You know who low key is really good and nobody mentions his name? Greg Olson. You're right. And he's about to be out of a job. Yeah. Greg Olson is really good at just being the analyst for a football game. He's got a little personality, but he's not all up in your face doing wacky bits like Romo is. And- yeah, Romo is Poochie the dog on The Simpsons. He had one good year. Like, the first year Romo was a analyst, he was the guy that would predict what would yep. happen. Steve Stone. Yeah. Well, and then ever since then, it's been downhill. He'll be out soon, though, because Tom Brady's taking over, right. isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the effort. Here's your <laughs> job going to someone else. What's going on this afternoon? Monday gun day with Guy Relford. Plus, are we at war? That's the question. Are mm. we about to go to war? We'll talk to it with Christina Wong of Breitbart. All right. Thanks, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.